What do you think is the best sequel? Um, probably Airbud Four. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. How about Wide Retriever? What's the What's the best sequel? That's the part two in the series. And I imagine our audience would probably say, "Build your own video roadmap." Part two. Part two. Let's pick up where we left off. I believe in part one we stopped um, after the diagnosis phase, which is where we developed our halftime report. That's right. Um, and the halftime report is is not just a key exercise to organize everything, but it's fundamental to the development of the roadmap itself. Uh, the roadmap itself is then the the collection of strategic concepts, uh, timelines, budgets, platforms, you know, distribution plans, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it all has to tie back to those things that you diagnosed in the beginning. Um, now, of course, the the biggest part of the roadmap is going to be your your series of strategic concepts. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and I think it's important to differentiate between a strategic concept, like what what is a, a str- what is a strategic concept? Yeah, Ben. So, what's the difference between? I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be lobbing questions at you mostly because <clears throat> you've done a fair bit of these. Okay. Um, I've got maybe an old school, some old school thoughts, and that might even be outdated. But um, you know, it might be fun for me is if you say something wrong and I correct you. That would be fun for you. <laughs> <clears throat> but that wouldn't be any different than any other day. So, Justin, <clears throat> what questions do you have for me about strategic concepts? Just a heads up. I haven't been involved in some of that uh, for the past couple times we've done this. Um, but I always found myself trying to make these things more of a creative thing than a strategic concept. Which is a mistake. Yes. Yeah. So what is the difference between a creative concept, like a treatment or whatever, and, and this, which is the strategic concept? Yeah. So, uh, you know, a creative concept is is what most people think of because it's like you open on a yeah, valley. Or, yeah, or or even like it's an animated explainer video that walks through the the top three features of of our video. Uh, there's a character that leads us through. You know, like meet you know, yeah, meet meet so and so. Or it's that level of detail. We open on. Um, you know, a cubicle farm mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, uh, metaphorical worker bees heads down doing their work and, you know, or something like mm-hmm. that. That is a creative concept. That is a big jump beyond where you want to be at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and potentially part three of this whole conversation is how to take strategic concepts and turn them into creative concepts. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. there's there's some magic there, but there are some some fundamentals you can um, you can probably lean on. But what we're really focused on is I almost see it as a as a a robot presentation is almost a debate. It's almost a logical mm. presentation mm-hmm. um, because this is one of the specific goals we identified. And this is one of the specific audiences we need to be speaking to. And this is what we want them to do. All those things, that's where the strategic concepts come from. Mm -hmm. So it's it's almost like you you get to the slide, and we'll go through what's on one of these slides when we do them in a a minute. But you get to the slide, you're presenting, you know, the, the basic strategic concept, right? It's a video about 
X mm-hmm. speaking to Y, mm-hmm. this audience, and getting them to do Z. Action. I mean, that, yeah. that take this action. It's essentially that fundamental. Um, it's that basic. And then on the other side, we go through and, and lay out which goal we're addressing mm-hmm. with this, which audience, where in the funnel they are. Um, and so it, it's almost like this is the concept that we think is important, and this is why. Mm-hmm. And the whole this is why is just because of the things that you said. So it's a lot of – it's almost like that match game where you're just matching up. Coming up with your concepts is almost just matching up the goals, oh, every, the audiences, from the, everything from halftime. It's, it's kind of looking at it and like, well, how many times can we – you know, how many different audiences do we need to speak to about this particular thing or get them to take this particular mm-hmm. action? And so there could be multiple concepts, strategic concepts for one audience mm-hmm. or for one goal. Mm-hmm. In fact, there probably should be. Yeah. Because if we go back to the manifesto, we should be coming up with very specific right. concepts at this point. So they're very specific opportunities. Um, and so it's a. Uh, it's, it's almost then, again, that roadmap presentation is almost a log- logical argument. This yeah. is the recommended strategic concept here because it satisfies this, 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 yep. this. There's no, like, because I think it sounds cool. Sure. Right? <laughs> or, like, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Yeah. I've always seen the, the roadmap as a just a set of constraints. So here are your constraints. Now go be creative. That, you know, that's our yeah. you know part three kind of thing is, is building the creative into it. But. These are the things that you have to fit creative inside of. And, you know, just one more thing on the creative, too, is creative concepting takes a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. It is a very inefficient process. Mm-hmm. And what you're trying to do now is, is be as efficient as you can in coming up with the best opportunities for video. And so if you were to try to come up with three good creative concepts for each strategic concept, mm-hmm you're probably going to end up coming up with a third as many strategic concepts as you would otherwise. If you're given a set amount of time to put a roadmap together, mm-hmm. um, it's oh, almost like every creative concept you're tempted to come up with takes like one strategic concept away because you're just not going to, again, the efficiency thing. You're, yeah. and, and so right now, it's much better to go ahead and and see 30 strategic concepts, start to list them out and prioritize them, and then maybe at the end of it, you know what, six just aren't something we're going to worry about right now. Yep. Or 10 or 12 of these aren't what yep. we're going to. But it's important both internally and externally, whether it's whether you're coming from an in-house perspective or you're uh, a video agency or producer, you want to see what all of the opportunities mm-hmm. are. Um, and then that really comes in when we get to kind of prioritizing and, and mm-hmm. bundling what we're going to do, what's done in-house, what's done with a production company, those kinds of things. We'll so, get to that. So just from a set of categories, like categorically, what does a roadmap look like? If it was all laid out on this wall behind us, sure. what would you know? What would those pages look like? So uh, we like to start with um, an abridged version of the halftime report. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the halftime report was kind of the organized collection of everything we've heard, what gets – represented in the roadmap is the relevant stuff that we've heard. Mm-hmm. So sometimes some, you know, someone that you're interviewing, one of your stakeholders has the goal to like make high quality video content. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you want to say, we heard you mm-hmm. at halftime, but it's kind of a no brainer and it's kind of a given 
when you get to the roadmap. So that doesn't necessarily need to be stated. Or, you know, oftentimes because you're having these broader discussions in those stakeholder conversations, you get a lot of goals that are just that you just can't address with video. Right. And so it's important to to narrow the focus of of you know the part that you heard to the stuff that we're going to be able to address, the stuff that we've identified we can address mm-hmm. with video. So and it's good because oftentimes, uh, especially in our scenario, it, it, I hate it when it happens, but somebody new is coming into the process for the roadmap. Mm. They weren't involved in, in the stakeholder conversations, sure. but just, you know, now like it's their time. To, yeah, because now they're going to hear, like, what's the upside or what's the potential what for video for? for us? What did I pay for? What's <laughs> yeah. the, you know, this is the deliverable of this engagement. Yeah. Um, so, so they often don't have that context context of yeah. having gone through the halftime report. And, so, and, and you know, there's at least the way that we do it, the, the roadmap and the halftime report are like part presentation, part report. Yeah. We can't ever figure out the best. <laughs> no, but you almost need it to be both. You do because you, you, you can't just hand it off to someone and think that they're going to get it. You've got to be able to provide just that kind of like description of things. That, that's why I hate when we are presenting and we just kind of get ourselves locked into, and it happens. You get yourself locked into just reading what's reading on the, the screen. Reading the screen, yeah. Right, but like, I mean, they can skim what's on the screen, and it's really your job to like say the stuff that didn't fit on the page. What's in between the lines. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, so it's important to have, you know, these are the goals that we heard from you that we feel like we can address mm-hmm. with these strategic concepts. So we've got that whole kind of recap of halftime. Um, I like somewhere in there to put some kind of insights. I think a lot of the value that, that we bring and a lot of the value that people find in this process, even when they're doing it for themselves, is they come up with some aha moments or some questions to ask themselves about other content mm-hmm. or, or whatever it is, right? So, so there's something where you know they may not have expected a question. We're talking about it in a video sense, but then they realize I need to have a conversation with my blog writer about this because that could really spur some interesting blog concepts mm-hmm. for us or whatever. Um, and sometimes just being the outside perspective yeah. lets us see things that are maybe not as apparent to the clients because they are We're not so inside. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't necessarily drunk the Kool-Aid yet. Right. But also, and I don't remember how much we talked about this in part one, but there's an element to this where you, where you may be talking to customers or clients of theirs. And so, uh, so there may be some uh, new information, some new information yeah. or validating or challenging some of the assumptions that the mm-hmm. client has about themselves. Mm-hmm. So like yesterday we were talking to, we're actively engaged in, in a springboard right now, several, <laughs> several with, with a new client. And yesterday we talked to one of their longtime clients. They've done like 24 deals with them since 2008. I mean, long-term relationship. And so without any of the prompting of what we'd heard from our client, we asked some key questions. You know, when would you use this company Mm -hmm. for a thing? What, What are they like to work with? What do they do best? What could they do better? And what's interesting is most of what we heard from the client actually mirrored what we'd heard from our client. That's awesome. Right? Their client <laughs> from happens. our client. So, so, but there were also some little things in there that um, she said, you know, it'd be really nice if they had a local rep. They used to do local reps. Mm. And she's in Maryland. 
Um, they used to have local reps. They got rid of them several years ago. And I know it's COVID and everything, but just not having a local presence, it's just not the same. Mm -hmm. We dug into that later on. And, and I can tell you right now, there's no way to fix that with video because they get video messages from clients. They do Zoom calls. They get asynchronous sure. videos from, from other companies. They, and, and there's just no replacements in this scenario for being there in person. Yeah. There's something tactile about that yeah. product also. Yeah. Um, so, so that may not be something that we can address, but it's probably worth noting to the client that we heard it. Mm -hmm. And if that's something that we can pass along, that's just another data point for some executive to say, you know what, maybe we really should do this, then we've just brought that much more value. So insights are a good part of it. Um, just especially when they're things you assume that the company knows, but you maybe haven't heard from them, just put it out there. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it also gives them that like, oh, well, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Just I had, never thought that's of it. a whole lot simpler than the way that I see it. I also see this this kind of recap of some halftime information uh, as helpful when you when you do take that next step to the creative to be able to look at some of these things, even yeah. if even if that insight doesn't have anything to do with these create uh, these strategic concepts. When you go start developing your creative, that could be an aha moment. Yes. So anything else in that? So part one of a, a roadmap is halftime relevant recap. Yeah, re relevant halftime some insights, um, and then basically it goes into the, the meat in the middle of the sandwich of the road. That is the roadmap. That is strategic concepts. Okay. Um, so uh, we, we've kind of danced around it a little bit, but I imagine we can bring up a copy of one of these pages sure. here somewhere. Um, and so the strategic concept, the way that we lay it out is it starts with that purpose statement. Right. Mm -hmm. And that is that is vaguely structured again as it's a video or a series of videos, because sometimes if it's like, you know, there's a thought leadership opportunity, you want it, You want to just specify that it's a series mm -hmm. of content. Sure. It's an ongoing or, or you know, you're going to do 10 of these or whatever. Um, so sometimes it helps to to just say, like, this is a standalone video or this mm -hmm. is a video series that speaks to this thing, this product this initiative, this whatever, mm -hmm. this launch, uh, specifically targeted to this persona mm -hmm. or sometimes these personas mm -hmm. um, that gets them to specifically targeted to these personas on these platforms, you know, in these places that gets them to take this action. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes we write it out exactly like that. Sometimes it's a little bit, a you know, more, more conversational, yeah. but it's, it's one to three sentences that basically says, that basically tells us what, like it gives us the skeleton of sure. the video that we need to make, but it gives it that purpose. Like we know that if we make this video, we're going to be satisfying this need yeah. for content. Um, then on the right side, we're really breaking out specifically of the goals, right, from the kind of halftime recap yeah. that we feel like we can address. Which one or ones is this addressing? Mm -hmm. Is it shortening the sales cycle? Is it increasing MQLs? Is it whatever? Because your action is going to tell you which goal which, you are exactly. Exactly. or vice versa. Because you want content that uh, shortens the sales cycle, then maybe there's a particular action you want someone to 
you know, upgrade from your trial. Mm -hmm. And that's the logical elements that you're talking about. Yes. Um, and then, and then be, like you mentioned in the, in the purpose statement, you mentioned platforms or distribution platforms or whatever it is. That's important because different platforms, like they have certain constraints and you can either take this type of action or not take this type of action. Right. And so having that in, in the purpose statement helps you understand how someone's going to take action through video. Yeah. And sometimes like if you, if you've got a client, let's say that does a lot of PPC and they're used to creating a lot of landing pages for their PPC uh, campaigns, mm -hmm. then you may know that a great place to put this particular video is on this product's landing page. Mm -hmm. And since you know it's going to be on a landing page, you may be able to say, well, it's an, it's an embed, but the form is actually going to be part of the standard landing page structure mm -hmm. because their gated content is always teaser for piece of content, and then you got to fill out the form before you actually get to it. Yeah. Um, or you know that, it, that if they aren't doing a whole lot of PPC, they're not really doing landing pages, but they got a product page, this may go on the product page, but you may want to embed that call to action, sign up for a demo, mm -hmm. uh, you know, subscribe to the newsletter, whatever those yeah. kinds of things are. You may actually want to use the player that you're using to, to capture that information. So you're, you're starting to lay those kinds of things out. Yeah. And, and I mean, I could probably say going back to the manifesto for every single one of these pieces, but you know, we know that these concepts don't live in a vacuum. They're integrated with existing content, with existing yep. websites, those kinds of things. Um, if you know that it's going to be a LinkedIn campaign, for example, maybe you're actually suggesting that there are, you know, some promotional elements that are driving people to the landing right. page that has the full length video. Yep. So at this point, you, even if you don't have that that creative concept, you can you know that you're going to leverage some of your LinkedIn ad spend on driving to this video because it's important on this landing page. So why don't we create mm -hmm. some little promotional teasers, whatever that we can put that LinkedIn ad money behind and the call to action on LinkedIn is going to be to that landing page where you can see the full video. So what goal is it addressing? Which audience or audiences is it speaking to? And I think it's also the audience and the buyer's journey go so hand in hand. Where are we in the funnel? Mm -hmm. And and when you get to the creative part, that's what starts to tell you how specific you need to be mm -hmm. in this particular video. So if this is an awareness piece, then we just want somebody to know that top three features. Yeah, yeah or or even we know your pain points. Mm -hmm. This can help you. Yep. And then you may then be, and this is this is a huge part of the exercise of coming up with these concepts is what are you then driving people to? If, if theoretically you're driving them closer to a buying decision, do you want to sometimes say, well, here's like, here's the awareness of our product video, mm -hmm. but you want to actually drive them to then like the consideration videos for that product. What does it actually do? Like, what are the features? Mm -hmm. What are some of the benefits? Um, uh, I would reference, in fact, why, how, and what videos mm -hmm. episode that we did. Mm -hmm. Um, as a great way to get multiple strategic concepts around like one product mm -hmm. or something like that. So where are they in their journey? And, you know, there, there's also a lot to be said for larger production value, bigger production value at kind of higher funnel 
kind of stuff, and then you can get away with more right. scrappy stuff lower down right. in the funnel too. So that that kind of leads to something that I like to call an attainability score that we're kind of working on mm-hmm. at, at this point. But like, how many resources do we need to put into this? And if it's something that you know is right before somebody's ready to buy, but they just need to see how like a particular feature works on the back end. You don't need to hire a production company to come in and make something like that. You can have like one of your sales engineers do a, you know, screen grab type video that sits in a library that anybody can use when a prospect has needs to see that very specific thing. How is it going to be distributed? How is it going to be promoted? How are we defining success? What KPIs? And I think it's really important to focus on the actionable metrics. So if you're using a more advanced a uh, hosting system, for example, being able to track click-through rates, um, leads captured, real, you know, uh, deals closed, you know, that, that it's a part, I mean, that attribution part, more so than like, we're going to get a million views on this video. Yeah, go viral. <laughs> we're going to go, yeah, yes, metric of success, virality. Yeah, um, two virals. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um so, because you really want to, and we've talked about goals a lot before, but you really want to be able to go back at the set time and say, did this do what we, we wanted it to do? Mm-hmm. Did we, you know, we want to capture some leads from this video. That's fine. Mm-hmm. If you're early in the process of capturing, you know, lead gen type stuff, getting people to, you know, give up their email for access to a piece of content. That's fine, right? The fact that people are engaging with this enough to share their information with us. But maybe you know that uh, you've been doing it a certain way where there's, um, you know, it's a text-based web page. You're adding a video to it and you actually want to see an increase in uh, lead generation from that page because you've added video. So this is where you really want to, again, it, it, it's, I don't want to say it's a no brainer, but it's, it's a logical argument Yeah. because we're addressing this goal. Your metrics of success should be tied to that goal. So if you're talking about, you know, increasing MQLs, your metrics of success should be something MQL related mm-hmm. as opposed to something that has to do with shortening the sales cycle. Mm-hmm. If that's not a goal that you're, that you're yeah. addressing. So you just want to be able to basically go back and say, after six months, a year, whatever, here's where we were, here's where we are now, this is what we wanted it to do, did it work? Yep. Or no, but close, or there's magic in that too, once you go from there. But you want to basically be able to establish what means success before you put it out there, rather than retroactively. Um, Timeline, budget how it's being produced duration how often do you use those things when you're when you're honestly building out a strategic concept it totally depends on the client Mm -hmm. um or i imagine even the concept itself sometimes yeah and and it's hard because but you've got to be clear what you're doing so sometimes we'll put a timeline in there we know that there's a budget of i don't know two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a year's worth of video content. Mm-hmm. It's going to come out of this roadmap or something like that. Um, so you know you're not going to do any one-off projects, but we find ourselves laying out the timeline as if it was a standalone thing. So just to give 
an expectation of how quick a turnaround is this, right? So, yeah. is, so is, is this, it's, and it's loose, right? And it's not a contract. And so you're not, you know, you're not mapping out the project, but it's like, this is a pretty straightforward uh, series of, of client testimonial and case study videos. So it's going to be a couple weeks of pre-production to do some, some pre-interviews and, and get some travel, you know, scheduled. Then we're going to, you know, travel over one week and, you know, shoot for a day or whatever. And then it's, you know, it's going to take us two weeks to edit it or something like mm-hmm. that. Right. I mean, that's, that's what five weeks. So it's, you know, call it six weeks. You have it in two months, you know, something, but that's like, if it was a standalone thing, you know, that, you know, that you're going to be working on a lot of things. And so there's a lot of, you know, economies of scale involved in this, but it does help to, to basically break down. Like, I also always kind of look at the roadmap as like a Chinese food menu for the client. So we may be knee deep into like the phase one of production, right? The first six videos yeah. that we said were the top priorities. And we're, we're deep in post-production on them. And we start talking to the client about what they want to do next. I, I always kind of picture them like opening their top drawer and pulling out this laminated printed roadmap. And they're going like through Like a football stri- coach column plays. Yes. And, and they're going through and, and you know, okay, well, you know, we, we, we're working on this one. We're working on this one. We're working on this one. So, like, what, which, where do I want to go next? Mm-hmm. Um, which ones do I want to do next? And so that's just, that's just the thing on there that kind of gives me, like, a good big picture. Like, well, here's a quick hit. This is something we could get out in six weeks. Oh, we found extra budget. To, Let's go do yes. this one. Yeah. And, and. It's not a lot of extra budget, but you know what? We just want to add to our library because mm-hmm. this video stuff is really working. We need to get more pieces out there and they don't have to be high production, right? They, okay, well then, you know, let's pick some of these shorter timeline things. We'll scale them up. We'll do a bunch of, we'll go, we'll take a week to travel and we'll travel to three different clients back to back instead of doing one at a time. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just something that's kind of there in the bottom right corner to say, this is probably something that's simpler to do. This is something that's maybe more complex mm-hmm. and, and is going to take. Yeah, may also be. Yeah, you may also look at the attainability score. That's true, and the attainability score is a work in progress. A work in <laughs> progress. It's so the way that I have it in my head, the way that we tried to do it on the last roadmap that we did, and we're going to try to do it on the on the next one that we're presenting next week, is it's kind of a scale of one to ten, where a high attainability score means it's easy to do. It's highly attainable. Um, so that may be something for the client. So it may be something that if it's something that with the resources we know that their team has, they can knock out in-house, that's going to have a 10 attainability score. That's something where, where the senior vice president of marketing can say to, you know, the one in-house video person team, hey, I need you to give me six things like this mm-hmm. or get started on this series or whatever. And it's and it's happening like that. Um, as you as your your lower attainability score just involves more budget, longer timelines, um, probably an, an external producer, you know those kinds of things. So they may be some of those grander, you know, like a Super Bowl commercial would have an attainability score of like one. Mm-hmm. That is going to be a huge undertaking and very expensive. And not if you're Doritos, right? Um, but um, 
but it's it, it's basically there based on you know our perception of our clients manpower budgets um in-house capabilities those kinds of things yeah. how quickly so the higher the attainability score the the quicker it is the easier it is yeah. to actually produce it so that that gets to you know because a lot of what we hear to be perfectly honest is especially now more so than ever is clients want to be really smart with what they're producing they want to have that plan this, i've seen that change in the like the in, last six months yes to a year and yeah. and we've been barking up the street for two and a half years and we're two years too early but they want to be very deliberate and very thoughtful about what they're producing um but they also want it mm-hmm. like now mm-hmm. and so part of you know part of it as a good agency partner is helping them balance results and content versus like what you really want to produce as an agency also so how can we front load some of this stuff that has a higher attainability score how can we uh how can we get your new in-office studio set up so that your subject matter experts can start cranking out this thought mm-hmm. leadership series while we start on pre-production for your brand anthem yeah that's going to take three months to do because it's got it and but but you've got this roadmap and then it can just be really frustrating to be like great i don't get anything for three months (laughs) like that's so deflating Mm -hmm. so so and i think that leads into the to kind of the prioritization part of of the whole roadmap because you basically come back after the after you've presented all of the strategic concepts and say, based on what we know of, your resources, time, budget, do you need to find low-hanging fruit? Do, do we have a bunch of video content that we just want to get on the right platform and start leveraging certain analytics and integrations with, right? We work with clients who have great video libraries, but they're only on YouTube. They're not embedded on their site, or if they're embedded on their site, their YouTube embeds, and even if they're really good at like gating all of their other content, I have the hiccups. Um, even if they're good at really gating all of their other content, ah. they're just <laughs> there's just <laughs> uh, they're just putting this um, YouTube embed where they're not capturing any information. Sure, um, like they are with all of their very, other content. Very, so yeah. Yeah, so so sometimes it's about at kickoff, you know, for now making this stuff and like enabling all of this content. Some of it may just be we take what you've got, we update it, and we get it out there on this new platform, or we run this promotional campaign mm-hmm. to kind of recharge it to get stuff going. Because it's gonna, I mean, you need from an analytic standpoint, you need three, six, nine months for something to run before you can have any, you know really insightful analytics anyway. Yeah, it depends on how being shared, but yes. And so so why not get some stuff out there up front that's easy to make or easy to repurpose or whatever, start capturing that stuff while you're making the mm-hmm. first batch of like less attainable, mm-hmm. higher production quality. Learn more about your audience stuff. as yep. you're producing. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we've got relevant halftime recap. We've got anywhere from one to 30 <laughs> strategic concepts, right? Yeah, you know, another thing that I'm just remembering, I like to bookend the concepts recently. I like to bookend the concepts with basically a visual representation of 
their customer's journey. So, so even if it's just as simple as like their funnel, awareness, consideration, decision, and then, you know, maybe there's one or two post sale kind of. So I do like to kind of put it up there in their words if, if they have defined their stages at the beginning, because of course, you know, part of what's on each strategic concept is where we, where in the funnel or, you know, customer journey this mm-hmm. is. Um, so I like just to kind of provide the con, you know, the, the context. Here's your journey. Let's go into these and the, these concepts. And then after the last strategic concept slide, go in and put the, the same image of their funnel, but then map out the names. Oh, that's one thing I left out. Um, map out the names of each of the content so you can kind of see how they're distributed. Mm-hmm. In, in one slide, yeah. you know, are we really going, you know, awareness heavy here? Is this really about like just closing the sale? If if the pri- if one of our primary goals is shortening the sales cycle, we're probably putting a lot of strategic concepts in the you know or just make those ones first. Okay. Yes, yeah. Um, so it's just a good way to take like these fourteen or thirty six or whatever strategic concepts and just see where they fall overall. And and most times you see kind of a you know, a pretty even distribution um, throughout the funnel. Yeah, but depends on the goals. Um, but the name, the name is, a, the name is important. The name is, is you know, one of the things that I didn't mention. It's that's like on a title these slides. of these. It's, it's a concepts. title, and it doesn't have to be that creative. But like, one of the things that we almost always pitch as a strategic concept is testimonials and case studies. And you know, it, with one of our clients, we realized that like. Well, yeah, with one of our clients, we realized that you can actually get a customer testimonial and a case study out of one conversation with a customer, yeah. with your client's customer. Um, and really just like one is, is very analytical. This was the problem. This is the solution. And these were the results. And then one is very, this helped me in my job. Feel. This, right. It's about yeah. how they feel. Logic and emotion. And so we basically stopped pitching. Testimonials is one strategic concept and case studies is one strategic concept. And we just made it one and we call it the head and the heart. And so the case study is that head. It's the analytical thing that, that some buyers need. But then the heart is really that, that emotional, that softer experience that, you know, this is how it helped me do my job better. Mm-hmm. This is how it made me feel. This is, you yeah, know, working with them was so much fun. Yeah. All, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, when we put, when we have our, you know, t- client testimonial, client case study stuff in there. It's called the head and the heart. And there's just, I learned this from one of my sales managers when I was in that world. And if you put a name on something, people just connect to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it doesn't even have to be my son. Yes, you should. (laughs) It might help with a lot of your, your issues. Yeah. Um, Well, one of your issues, it would help a lot with one of your issues. Mm but but so giving it some kind of name, um, even if it's like video podcast, it's a whole lot easier to wrap your head around. It, it's, I mean, we could get into the semantics of what a name is, but it's an easy identifier instead of having to say like the purpose statement, mm-hmm. right? Every yeah. time. But it's it's a way to just start to just kind of understand, Shorthand. you know, okay, yeah, I need a homepage here, a video. Mm-hmm. As opposed to a video that goes above the fold on the website yeah. that, it, you know, um, so naming is kind of important. You don't have to be super creative with it, but just name it something that's identifiable because then you'll start referring to it. Um, the first springboard we ever did 
we threw in this crazy concept um, last minute um, about all of these different uses for like Victorian silverware. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we just referred to it as forks, forks, forks in the, in the concept. But like forks, forks, forks was probably the most talked about concept. Mm -hmm. And part of it has to be the name. Forks, forks, forks. If mm-hmm. we had, you know, well, yeah, if we, we had, hammers if, home the absurdity of the it, Victorian it, era, exactly. Yeah. And you know, if, if we had uh-huh. named it like a treatise on Victorian utensils and their use cases, <laughs> probably wouldn't have been as easy a yeah. sell as forks, forks, forks. Um, yeah. So we've done our halftime recap. We've done our insights. We've done our. This is our funnel. We've done our strategic concepts. This is where the strategic concepts fit in the funnel. Um, <clears throat> And next, we basically go to um, platforms and integrations. Okay. So I'll take the YouTube uh, client, for example. We're going to be recommending an advanced hosting platform to them. Um, Sometimes it's a green light to just pick the right solution for them. Sometimes we want to present a few options. Mm -hmm. Um, So one we did recently, we know that they, um, that they're using YouTube, but they're also using HubSpot a lot for sales and marketing. Um, So we wanted to position a couple hosting options that had integrations with HubSpot. Mm -hmm. We actually gave them three options. One was like Vimeo business that doesn't have a HubSpot integration, but they have like an open kit API kind of thing. And this client happens to be developers. So like they could write their own HubSpot connection Mm -hmm. because they have that capability. So that was like the cheapest option, but it was going to be better than YouTube. Then there was kind of this middle of the road, like Wistia um, advanced, which is one of those call for pricing kind of things, plus their, their HubSpot integration. And then like the third option was the, uh, Vidyard Teams Pro or Teams Plus, uh, which is actually designed for HubSpot users. So it's not only a native HubSpot integration, but it's actually built on mm-hmm. these are existing HubSpot users. So we were able to position those three options to the client, started going through some of the bullet points, and this client just said, you guys tell me what's right. And well, actually, I think the first thing he said was, okay, I got to have to do some more research. And then after he about didn't a week, do any research. he didn't, <laughs> and he was like, all right, you guys just, here's Here's money. <laughs> you guys pick the right platform for us. The platforms aren't just like, how are we going to show this stuff, but how is it going to be integrated with, like how is our content going to integrate with our current content? How are we going to launch these promotional campaigns? How are we going to collect the metrics of success? All that stuff. Yeah. How, how you know. It, um, and creating attribution models based on that is is a huge Thing that people are looking forward to doing with video now. Yep. And one of our clients, uh, it's a marketing department, but part of their um, purview is sales enablement. Uh, so so we want to be able to not just worry about like video hosting, how's it going to integrate with, but how is it going to integrate with that HubSpot or that new sales enablement platform that they're looking at or you know, how does it fit with all of these pieces of the MarTech stack that are already in place there? What channels are we, you know, what channels do we need to be aware of mm-hmm. that we need to be posting this stuff to? Because that's something that you get to hand off to an editor also. 
so that they know that this is going to be distributed on, you know, LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram or whatever. So that when they're actually creating like thumbnails, cut downs, whatever it is, that kind of stuff at the end of the post-production process, they also kind of know what, you know, what they have to deliver because all of those platforms you mean like what export? different. Yeah, what, what export? compression settings. Compression settings, aspect ratios, you know, time factors. Is it, mm-hmm. you know, an Instagram post, which can't be longer than a minute? Or is this going on Twitter, which is two minutes and whatever it can be here? Um, whatever. So, so laying out all of those, all of those platforms that are going to be used, all of the integrations that they're going to, that are going to exist, what attribution models we can set up with all those kinds of things is, again, it's also one of those things that like, if we pull the trigger on this, Mr. or Mrs. Client, you get access to all of this stuff. And if you don't, well, then you don't, you're just stuck with where you are. I mean, part of it is kind of showing them like, you know, what the future could be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, that's before we even make any videos in, in a lot of cases because yeah. they have existing content. Yeah. So, yeah. So time um, for, uh, to hear from our sponsor oh, again. Probably, for this yeah, episode. we're done with this thing. <laughs> well, if you'll recall from part one, our sponsor this week is Plant Magic. Have you gone off your regularly prescribed meds? Are you looking for something a little more organic? Do you like tripping balls? Then you should try Plant Magic's Injectable Shrooms. It's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, boil your Plant Magic's Injectable Shrooms into a tea. Yep. Step tea. two, draw your tea into a syringe and plunge into your favorite vein. Step three, die probably. Plant Magic's Injectable Shrooms definitely don't do this. My favorite vein is right here. I've got one on my forehead that every now and then comes out. Trouble with that one is um, the everyone marks. can see the track marks. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. I wear a hat all the time. Mm, I see. I see. Explains a lot. We have learned so much mm-hmm. about you in the last five minutes. Yeah, I don't even know these things until I say them out loud half the time. That I knew about you. <laughs> so, yeah, some of the other elements outside of strategic concepts uh, we just covered the platforms integrations and the the value of that um i want to jump to this one here video adjacent notes so what i mean when i wrote that down um i remember you guys starting to not just say here's the video we're going to make and it's going to go on this page but almost like here is where on the page it's going to go and here's what text is going to be you know, eliminated because of the video or, or changed because of the video. And so I think helping kind of paint the picture of how this is going to live can be really helpful for clients to be like, I think we've seen their eyes like what, you know, widen up. Widen yeah. Up. I, I think about, um, you know, we've often for a long time, we had just kind of a written note section where we would just kind of write that out. But, but in one of them recently, David actually went to, you know, so one of the concepts we were pitching was, of course, a homepage video because they don't have anything saying, like, who we are as a brand, yep. who are we as a company, um, why do we do what we do. So they're missing this top-level piece that's going to go above the fold on their website. Um, but these people are also very – it's a very startup feel, entrepreneurial, like everybody's pitching in, but but everybody's on the inside – um, and their website is a bit like they're brilliant minds, but, but they don't really know how to talk about themselves mm. when they're marketing themselves. Um, 
And so when you look at their their website, you look at their homepage, like their hero content and like their little kind of subtitle paragraph makes perfect sense if you know about them. But it's hard to understand at a quick glance what it is they actually do here. And so one of the great moves that David made was that he took a snapshot of their existing homepage, you know, above the fold. uh, And then he did two key things. He went into the inspect, you know, right click in Chrome and inspect. So he gets access to some of the some of the code and you can actually go in and, and change certain things. So he went in and he changed um, the hero copy and that kind of, you know, subtitle sentence literally to quotes that they had told us in the stakeholder conversations mm-hmm. about what about whether it was key messaging or differentiators or whatever. And embedded, didn't he? And, and, and yeah, I mean, he did, he did it. He did it in he did the text. Yep. And then he took a thumbnail of a yeah. video and put that right under that hero copy so that you could see as they're new homepage would load, you'd see this really clear copy yeah. that wasn't written by David. It was told to us by the clients yeah. in their own words, just in the context of a stakeholder conversation, instead of how are you going to write your website copy? So it was throwing their own words back at them and that, and then being able to see that video, they got to see immediately what their homepage mm-hmm. is going to look like. And it's so so much more real and exciting when you Yes. <laughs> and, and and that particular case led to them actually adding to our production contract that we're going to write the copy on the web pages that have video on it and work with the their web developer to make sure that the video is in the right place because mm-hmm. there is all the, you know there is all that kind of so we've got one that we're in the middle of right now uh, that I've referenced a couple times where they're really good at at gating, they're really good at creating content. They're really good at gating that content. It, they're really good at teasing that content as content that has value to a prospect. So they're giving the prospect a good reason to fill out the lead gate, but they're not doing it with video. Mm-hmm. And so part of our roadmap is that this is not just something that's you know going to be put out on social channels, but it also lives on this page and we're probably going to decide how much of it to gauge. But that's what these advanced platforms also give us more flexibility with, is do we want to gate it up front? Do we want to ask for something at the end because mm-hmm. we've already provided that value? Um, but we get to say that this should be living on this product page, mm-hmm. uh, this kind of thing. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's a good ad. All right. I think there's one more really important thing where that if you're creating this roadmap for one of your clients, there's an important part of this that we haven't gotten to yet, which is money, 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 money. Yeah, prior, like kind of packaging. All right, so we've got these 37 concepts, right? That doesn't feel very <clears throat> attainable to me. No, <laughs> and we know that their budget is 100 grand. Or do we? We should. But that's the thing. That I think that's what you're getting to. Is like we at some point we kind of have to know what we're working with. Yeah. How are we gonna? How are we going to do this? Yeah. Is, um, is somebody paying for this? But, uh, but there's an element to this, and, and we've we've learned a lot recently, too, is like when's the right time? Because you have to build up enough trust. Mm-hmm. I, I, I honestly don't think you should ask for budget. You should ask for budget once during the sales process. And if they're not just going to give it to you, don't push, because a lot of people don't like talking about money, and mm-hmm. that's fine. 
But if you can get someone to to commit to developing a roadmap for them at a fixed price, at a fixed price, wait until after halftime. But you got to do it between halftime and when you present the roadmap. Why? Because you have to be able to say this is what we're going to do first. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you need the constraint given. I mean, I'm sure there are exceptions, but most of the time, and this is an important point too. Don't just pitch the concepts that fit to the budget that the client tells you they have. Always present all of the opportunities, all of the reasonable, valuable opportunities for video, regardless of what they've told you your budget is. Which, because honestly, sometimes you may find out their your, their budget like a day before you're due right. to present the roadmap. Because I've been the one having those conversations with the clients after halftime. Right. And so... Which works because... It, it sets you apart also as kind of like the account manager, business development person. You're not in, involved in the actual stakeholder conversations or the development of the halftime or whatever. I, there's something that works about that separation mm-hmm. also. But yeah, I have that information. I'm getting that information while you guys are making all the strategic concepts. Yes. So which, it's, not, I, it's not impeding any of your, your process. It's right. not influencing your process. You're doing your job like you're supposed to do. Yeah. And then when that number comes in, that's when we have a, you know the last couple of days to kind of figure out right, how are we going to package how do we this? Package this? Yeah. How do we prioritize this stuff? Um, great example. Um, one of the examples we've been, we've been talking about already is we had come up with 14 or 16 strategic concepts that were pretty well developed, pretty much in the roadmap document. Um, and and we asked, and and you finally got a hold of the client to say, you know, you know, I got to tell the team what what kind of you know budget is available here, so that they can make these you know prioritization decisions. Um, and you know, the client told you about twenty grand. It's like, well, there, there's stuff there, but like for right now, I'm willing to yep. commit 20. So basically, like we knew phase one was going to be 20 grand. It didn't it didn't prompt us to take a single strategic concept out right. of that thing. Uh, because, again, we treat it like a Chinese food, a Chinese restaurant menu. Like we'll get to this stuff eventually because it does have value. We don't need to do it all right now. So, given that relatively modest budget, what's going to have the most impact? What's the lowest hanging fruit? How can we get the most bang for this buck? This mm-hmm. is not and to anybody who anybody on the, you know, on the client side who's listening to this who's skeptical of vendors. This is not like information so that we can figure out what to charge you. This is legitimately information to say this is what we need to do first because this is the best way to spend this budget that you have available. Now, we we presented three options because we like three options on how to best spend that twenty twenty five thousand dollars with that client. So you we just three had, different packages. Right? It was three different packages. It was basically the same. Uh, it was the same like three pieces. We just kind of packaged them. One was like, what well, we could do one of these, one of these, and one of these. And that's like our recommended approach because it's a little bit broader. Mm-hmm. We could do three of this thing mm-hmm. or we could do like two of this one. Mm-hmm. Kind of, and and yeah. so it was like we like the 
the one of each approach. But if you really want to just jump into this thing that you're more familiar with, great. We'll just do three of these first. That fit within the budget. And then there was a little bit of like, but we really like this one. So let's give them one more. Um, And, you know, the way way that, so it was a well thought out, you know, phase one. It's like all this stuff is valid, but they were so engaged in the roadmap presentation. And so like, oh, I really like this idea, whatever. That, that first of all, uh, the founder of the company dropped off before we got to prioritization, but he loved all the strategic concepts. Um, the CEO who we were left with asked us to put together uh, kind of a super package. Um, he said, well, you know, thanks for putting this package, you know, the, these three options together. But, you know, when you send this deck over, also send me a quote for this, 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 and this, mm-hmm. if we did that first. And that ended up being like a fifty thousand um, dollar quote, yep. basically. And then a week later, they came back and said, "We're going to give you a hundred thousand dollars, and you guys are going to figure out everything, the best way to do this. <laughs> yeah. and you guys are going to be responsible for it all, and you know, if you do a good job, go be successful. And if you do a good job, we'll double it next year." Yeah. Well, That's a very happy day. <laughs> imagine. I mean, you know, the lesson we took from that is: imagine if we had taken out all of the strategic concepts that didn't fit with within that $20,000 initial budget, they wouldn't have seen any opportunity to, you know, uh, sign a $100,000 contract to do, you know, this many things Mm -hmm. for them. The prioritization is here's what we can act on and do now, but the rest of it is, but we're going to want phase two and phase three and, and, um, and we're going to want to be able to, and and we've honestly we've done. I mean, we've done it before where phase one was like you have eighty grand. Here's what we're going to do with that first eighty grand. Here are the concepts we're going to put into phase two, and before phase three, we're going to take all of our analytics. We're going to pitch to the board for this much more budget for next year or mm-hmm. the second half of the year or whatever. Yep. Like depending on the relationship you have with the client, you can get to that stuff where you're actually providing them tools to you know, go ask for more budget or justify mm-hmm. their their spend or, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, and that essentially, I mean, sometimes there's, that's also a timeline, like here's how we're, here's the three we're going to make and it's going to take us this long and we're going to space it out this way. Uh, but generally that, that's kind of where the document ends, right? That is basically, uh, yes, that is basically where the document ends. So here's what we can address with video. Here's, here are the strategic concepts to address those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's, based on the resources you've told us you have, how we should prioritize these and phase these things out, which, if you're on the agency side, is, I mean, you're essentially putting together a paid proposal. Yeah. Um, and but if you're on the client side, you're essentially getting a, a really clear map of what it's going to cost to do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. And the next steps are, you know, do we want to make any tweaks to phase one, or do we just want to go ahead and start getting this platform in place and you know repurposing some of your content and start pre-production on, you know these concepts or whatever. I mean, you, you got to kind of work together at that point to, to work out the plan, but like now you're executing. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about the seven phases and how like, 
everything above strategy is just executing that strategy. I mean, that's really what we're left with. We know what we're going to make, why we're making it, what it's supposed to do, where it's going, mm-hmm. which platforms it's going to be on. I mean, we know all those things now. I'm going to ask a, a tough question. How do you know how to budget if you don't know what the creative is? It's a great question. Um, two years ago, I would have told you that, well, you know what? You're right. You don't. But to be perfectly honest, any anybody in the client situation here has multiple production vendors they could use. Any video agency or production company worth their salt or wanting to be a true partner with the client in this case is going to have variable levels of production value that mm-hmm. they can hit. Sure. And so if you're, it, I could get into a longer conversation about value-based pricing here, I feel like, but it just goes back to the constraints. If, if you know that, if you know that this budget is available to you from the client and you're going to say, I mean, part of what you're doing is you're making a commitment that we're going to make these videos that are going to do these things for you and you're willing to pay us this much to do that. Mm-hmm. That, in its essence, is value-based pricing, right? I mean, that is, if we can, if we can hit these metrics of success, mm-hmm. then we feel like the value for that concept is X, mm-hmm. which means that's 25% of the budget that you have available to you. So we're essentially... We're essentially pricing and packaging everything based on value or perceived value to the client, which is why it's so important to put that lowest hanging fruit, that stuff. It's so important up front to show the impact and get the impact for the client than it is to like do the video that you really want to do in this group of things Mm -hmm. as an agency. So essentially what you've done is you value priced these things. And then that is your creative constraint to to go execute. Now, if you're putting a package of videos as a production uh, in in phase one, well, then you get to work your magic as a production company and move the budget around to certain projects to make them right. So if you got $100,000 to do phase one of these videos, well, you know that one of them is, you know, going to be you know, a big awareness mm-hmm. campaign kind of push. And it's going to be above the fold homepage. Above the fold homepage. It's probably YouTube pre-roll. It's going to look good. It's going to get some attention. It's going to have some viral element. To it. It's it's going to get noticed. Or it needs to. Or Yeah, it needs to. Based on his, yeah. Well, then, you know, you're probably going to shift more of your budget to that thing than like the head and heart testimonial and case study stuff that you also recommended was mm-hmm. in, in phase one, which can be can be lower budget. So, I mean, it's your job as a product to, as a video agency to become a production company at that point and say, where's the right distribution of now this money we've gotten from our client. I want to point out something that we've just started doing past couple. Is it red team? Yeah. Then wait. Okay. Um, So we've talked a lot about what is in a roadmap. We haven't talked yet. And in what a, uh, a strategic concept is, but we haven't yet talked about how to come up with them. Really, like the process of coming up with them. Okay. We've talked about, I think we've talked about enough about the elements, but 
but just like you're talking to multiple stakeholders and just like there should be multiple people conducting um, the the stakeholder conversations from the mm-hmm. client side, um, just like in halftime when you get together and you go over all of your notes and start to see where the threads are, group goals together, all those kinds of things from all these disparate conversations, um, you also have to then come together as a group to start to identify at the basis level what these concepts are. And so from a functional standpoint, the way that we find works best with that is post halftime. Because you, you don't, through the stakeholder conversations, through the halftime report, you're going to hear like client requests for videos or have you're going to have ideas that you're going to write in the margins, whatever. If you're super organized, sometimes I like to like use a particular color highlighter mm-hmm. to highlight those things like when we're going over the notes to put together halftime. Just as a reminder that anything yep. in green highlighter is like a potential strategic concept. So the best ideas, the, the lowest hanging fruit, the easiest ones to sell to your client are going to be the ones that came up in those conversations. So if you... Um, if you once you've gotten your kind of sign off on the halftime report or presented the halftime report and heard some, you know, a couple new notes, mm-hmm. um, like one of our clients in halftime said, um, yeah, no, I think this is all of them except one that I totally forgot to mention when we were talking, which is like super high priority. We have this piece of content that I want to turn into a video. Why do you do halftime? <laughs> right. This is fantastic. So like that's highlighted in green. So. We got, we've got sign off on halftime. We're starting the process and we just start with, all right, let's everybody go through your notes and let's throw into one document all of the like most basic, you know, what's floating on top ideas for concepts. And I would say that two thirds of the concepts we come up with come from that discussion. And sometimes it's, sometimes four of them are basically the same thing. But, but after you get this kind of initial brain dump down, then you start really grouping out your notes. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, I think that's kind of the same thing. Or you see th- two things that are similar, like, oh, well, that would be better if it was a blank. Or maybe, okay, well, this thing, this thing, and this thing, this product, this brand why, this, these product hows and these product whats, you know, they probably go together in a group. So for each of their products, we need... Right now, we're calling it the product pyramid, mm-hmm. basically. We're like, there's a, here's what this product is. Here are a couple videos about what it does. And here are a couple more videos about how it really works, like how you use it. Um, so most of that stuff actually comes out because you've just, you've either noted it or you just know that based on conversation, like, this stuff is really important. You group those things together. And then when you start to kind of rank them in terms of priority, before you even have that budget, you really start to get a sense for where the holes are. Mm. And that's where you go back through. So so right now, we've actually got all of our initial brain dump concepts into individual slides in the document. And as we started going over it yesterday, it was like, all of these are completely relevant and valid, but I feel like we're missing a few things. And that's where we left the conversation. I don't know where we where they are, but there are a couple holes mm-hmm. that I, I think just through experience and having done this for so long, there are a couple things that are missing. And if we just think about it for a few minutes, we'll realize where those holes are. And then we just go back and fill in those holes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a collaborative effort to 
to essentially get like some something between the title and the purpose statement. But it's like, well, they need a brand why. They need a homepage video. They need a product video that lives on each of their product pages that's a high-level view of their product. There's, I mean, those things just come out like that. And that actually is, I mean, I'm not going to say it's easy, but, like, that's where most of the concepts come from is just that we've been talking about this nonstop for two weeks. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to, like, open the floodgates and all these things that are just kind of simmering there come pouring out. Um, so, I mean, it, it's kind of like there's some, some magic, but that's, I mean, it's not magic. It's just, if you're listening, logical they'll present puzzle. themselves yeah. and then you go back in and you really start to attach each of those things to, you know, the goal that it's addressing the audience, those kinds of things. And that's how one concept could become three or four, because you may want to take a different approach mm -hmm. with this audience, or you may want to take a different approach with something that does something similar, but it's a different stage in the funnel. Especially if you want to. Do some testing as well. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> After right. we've put the roadmap together, mm -hmm. then we bring you in. That's right. So this is something we've been doing as of the maybe the past three or four of these. Um, and I've, especially because I haven't been involved in, in a lot of those stakeholder conversations and halftime <clears throat> reports and, and whatnot. So um, you... This, we call it red team. I think that some people probably know what that means, but basically they pull me in and they present to me as if I'm the client and I get to poke holes, ask questions. And it serves a number of purposes. I feel like one is it gives you guys practice at, pre at presenting it, which really, is always helpful. It's really annoying, but it's really valuable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you get to practice it. Uh, and then usually just on your own, you'll figure out, oh, this needs to go and kind of re reformat. And sometimes some we go into it like we'll leave some asterisks on things knowing that it's a discussion point. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, Justin, there's a whole thing we could get in here about this or that, whatever. Does it feel worth it or do we just we'll not need to? We'll talk five, ten minutes about it and yeah. figure out. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, asking questions, where do I, like, is it, because I haven't been a part of it, why is this like this? Or why did you say that here? Um, how is that relevant? Um, it just helps tighten up the, helps tighten up the presentation. I think it, I think it's key that you are, so there's two elements that we've been doing to a red team. So our project manager has been, um, in the primary stakeholder conversations, not in the secondary stakeholder conversations. She's part of the review of stakeholder conversations because she, she's there as a, as a third set of years um, to hear something differently than David and I might. So we get her notes and her perspective, and then she's not a part of the process anymore. Mm -hmm. So she hasn't heard, she's got fresh ears because she hasn't heard anything since the last, you know, primary stakeholder conversation. You haven't heard anything about this other than maybe some anecdotal things or things that help us queue up a Vidyard introduction or, mm -hmm. you know, we're, they've got a product launch in six weeks and we're not going to be done with the roadmap. So we need to figure out how to do a, you know, product video before we present the roadmap for them kind of thing. Um, so having both of you on the red team, one, I, it also 
I, I kind of take it from the perspective of like, I'm not trying to impress you or make the best presentation as if you're the client. Um, I, the first time we did it, that's what I did. I tried to pretend you were the client mm-hmm. and, and that didn't work uh, as well as when you're just you and I'm just trying, we're just trying to walk through it and I'm just trying to bring you up to speed mm-hmm. on what we've learned about the client. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you've talked to them through the sales process. Right. But once they became a, a client and started having these paid conversations with us, sometimes you hear things differently. So we don't necessarily want you to still have the assumptions that you had three months ago yeah. in the sales process. So, so I, and then Jacqueline is there to kind of catch things that we missed or things that she thought might be there because, right? So because she has a little bit of perspective, she's like, well, what about the so-and-so? I thought that was something that was pretty, we're like, oh shit, we totally forgot that. Um, whereas you've got that complete, completely blank slate. Mm-hmm. You're learning about the client now on a level that, that you haven't known them. And if you can understand it, then they should know. Then they should. <laughs> yeah. And so we'll do that at halftime and at the roadmap. Yeah. It is an exhausting process, but it <laughs> no, is so, it is so valuable. I feel like I'm going to go into the sales pitch now, but I'm, I mean, it is, we, the clients that we end up working with on a production basis where we go through this process, the productions go so much smoother. Yes. Oh God. Than, yes. than when we don't do this. Because for so many, for so many, the creative is better. The, the, the relationship is better. That, that is so much of this is it's not just a trust thing, but, but before jumping into making videos, you have four, six or eight weeks to start to understand the client as a person, Mm -hmm. like how, like how good are they with feedback? Do they show up for meetings on time? Mm -hmm. You know, they get you materials quickly. Yeah. Um, how, how well thought out are their brand guides? Like um, all all these like signals mm-hmm. that help you understand um, how to be a good partner to them. And, and then when you kick off production, you're, you're just, you're just one or two months ahead of the curve in terms of how to work together and what their priorities are. Understanding the products. And and understanding the products and the space and their and the audiences. And you just it's just so much easier to be creative and actually make the stuff when you've dedicated yourself to understanding it beforehand. Yeah, I know that the level of confidence we have moving into production is so much higher when we've gone through this process. Yeah. Yeah. Your relationship with the client at this point is that this is not a pitch meeting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, if you want to look at it from an agency perspective, it's like we're getting paid to pitch. Fine, and then to be perfectly honest, that's where we came. That's from how we a got lot of this. I mean, it, it's it's okay. We've got great ideas. How do we get compensated for these things instead of like wasting our time giving up these ideas mm-hmm. and then not getting the project? Um, but but you you really can't treat it as a pitch meeting. It is, these are our recommendations based on everything mm-hmm. you've told us. As a professional, as an uh, expert. Yeah. I, I, I mean, this, and, and you know, and, and someone made the point recently in an internal call that you don't have to say that part, right? Like, mm-hmm. like you just are that. Like, it's clear from the, from the depth of the questioning and the insights and the concepts that, that you've uncovered and 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 created out of these conversations that you're experts. 
mm-hmm. right? So there's got to be a confidence and a look. Like here's what you got to do. We just got to figure out how to do it, when to do it. I mean that that's really what this is. So, so these roadmap presentations are very interactive. They're very conversational, and it's kind of like at every at every strategic concept, we'll kind of do the initial pass on it. Here's what this is. Here's what it, you know, <clears throat> the subtext for what's on the slide. And then there's a back and forth about it, right? They get to ask, you know, they, they say, okay, so this is kind of like a whatever. It's like, well, it's different than that because, or yes, exactly. It's just like that thing that you sent us or whatever, you you know. So, so you just have this back and forth conversation. But then oftentimes the client comes up with really good yeah, little tweaks, tweaks yeah, on for it. For sure. And um, so, of course, you're actively listening and, and, you know, taking notes and that kind of thing. But always record. I mean, now that they're not live. Now that they're all video chats anyway, mm-hmm. record it. Um, send a copy of the recording and the deck to the client afterward. Um, and, you know, and, and um, imagine and think about how excited they are at that point. Because if, if they've paid you to come up with a plan, they have plans to execute that plan. Yeah. Right? Um, even if they've told you, well, we don't know what we want to make yet, so we want to bring you guys in to help. But, like, they want the plan so they can figure out what to make. And what you've done is you've basically put a really well-thought-out plan in front of them. And worst-case scenario, they don't take your recommendations, but they, like, pick and choose their own things. Okay. Well, that means they're really excited about them. They see value in them, and so they're going to want to do them. So, uh, you know, from a sales standpoint, I think what I'm trying to say is, like, Use that level of excitement to your advantage and go ahead and try to lock down what phase one is as quick as possible. And if and if it's not one of the you know priority packages that you recommended, have the conversation with them and figure out what really resonated with them. Where do they see the value? You can push back. Yeah. Right? That's why they're paying you. Right. And and but that's what a partnership is. And and we've had a little bit about of that before. Is is like, look, this is this is gonna have the quick the best impact for you quicker. And uh, they say, yeah, I get that, but I really want the so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's going to take longer. It's not, that is an awareness piece, and it's, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to help shorten our sales cycle, which is what you guys' biggest problem is and the thing we want to address most. And then if they say, yeah, I know, but I really want it, great. Then, yeah. then you do that. But, like, everybody's level of excitement, I think, is at its peak after a good roadmap presentation because this is this is now on the client side we have this solved for us right this is what our options are this is we now get to do this um better than what we've been doing or finally doing or or whatever it is and Mm -hmm. and i think that you know it's a great it's a great momentum piece to then just kick off into pre-production on stuff is just take that level of excitement and and you know the possibilities uh, of what can come out of all this because you're probably never going to reach that level again of like optimism about the possibilities. Yeah. Than when you've just laid out a really well thought out. Plan. Yeah. I think there there could be a, a part three and four to this thing. I think there's, you know, where do you, you where are the challenges? How do you overcome them throughout this process? I'm just imagine you, and even bringing in David or something on that. Uh, but you, you two opining on the, the last several months of <laughs> which seems like a whirlwind of all the st- strategy that we've been building for our clients. 
and then the next step which is building the creative yeah i think that's definitely a future episode um you know we'll call it turning strategic concepts into creative concepts you know i I mean I, i think that's probably an entire episode's worth I don't know how to write an outline for it, but I imagine if we just started talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are, there's a, there's, you know, road mapping, there's the 200 level road mapping class, which is, mm-hmm. you know, how many stakeholders do you do? Do you talk to clients or customers um, of your clients? Sure. You know, do you, do you survey the sales team? Do you, you know, how many people is too many people? How do you get them all scheduled? How long should this take? Uh, yeah, there's there's a very tactical mm-hmm. 200 level course here somewhere. Well, uh, let's wrap this one up. We'll get to the sponsor and leave our viewers, listeners, wanting uh, more. Wanting more. <laughs> After two and a half hours of discussion <laughs> yeah, right. about how to... It's easy. Build your own roadmap. Listen for two and a half hours, and we'll tell you how. Uh, welcome to our sponsor, Plant Magic. Have you gone off your regularly prescribed meds? Are you looking for something a little more organic? Do you like tripping balls? Then you should try Plant Magic's Injectable Shrooms. It's as easy as one, two, three. Step one. Boil your Plant Magic's Injectable Shrooms into a tea. Step two. Draw your tea into a syringe and plunge it into your favorite vein. Step three, die probably. Plant Magic's injectable shrooms. Definitely don't do this. Yeah, again, that's that's based on a based real on story. a true story. Uh, have we heard about that guy? I haven't. People inject the weirdest stuff into them. Like some guy did highlighter or no, no, like glow stick fluid. He was at a rave, I think, and wanted to look amazing. Wanted to glow. <laughs> There's this guy once who, um, uh, three months into the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, suggested putting bleach into your body because mm-hmm. bleach killed the... Yeah. Did anybody hear about that? Yeah. Yeah. Where'd that guy go? Um, I don't have... I don't have an update. Everything is mid-June. Well, he's probably He's gone. probably fine then. Oh, Okay. I think if he had died, we probably would have mm. heard. Uh, well, thank all right. goodness. Well, yeah, definitely don't inject shrooms into your... Yeah, if you missed the first episode of this, um, the dude injected boiled shrooms into his self, and the fungus started going throughout his <gasps> veins inside his body. Fungus is a crazy... Fungi crazy. And, uh, yeah. Pretty amazing. So, I wonder I mean, if he's going to get, like, superpowers, though. Holt thinks so. Yeah. Again, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. What kind of superpowers, though? Like, is he going to become, like, a really good sous chef, and he'll just be able to, like, grow a nice, like, mushroom <laughs> out of his... <laughs> he's got a portobello growing out of his elbow. I don't know. I, I would think... Portobello? Maybe, like, dimension traveling or something. Mm, okay. Um... No. It turns out he has the superpower of returning from the dead because he was basically dead, but now he's not. Um, 22 days in the hospital, eight of which were spent in the ICU. All right. Um, 
Well, I think that wraps up our two-part uh, journey through creating your own video roadmaps. Um, uh, if you're skipping ahead to the end, I would just say hire us. Um, otherwise, you could commit yourself to two and a half hours. Of yeah, we'll episodes. put a buy now button here. Yeah, yeah. Um, do all of the things prescribed in these two episodes or hire us. I think too much of our content is soft sell stuff. We really need to really need to drive <laughs> yeah. some revenue yeah, with, our, with our content. Uh, thank you so much for watching, listening. Uh, you know, give us the old like, subscribe, whatever. iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcasts. I don't know, whatever the ending is. I, uh, see, I always, I just start, I just go to the next podcast when I start to hear this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm.